Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. And I'm Leslie Pearson. Today, we're going to talk about different ways that you can save for a down payment for your home. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hi, everyone. Hope you're having a great day. How's everyone doing? How are you doing, Leslie? I'm good. Good. Um, I've got nothing more than that to say about how I am. Yeah. It's cold. It's cold. It's busy. Very busy. Crazy market. Yeah, I don't remember it ever being like this. I don't ever remember. Yeah. No. It'll be interesting to see what the January numbers show us, but if it at all reflects what we've been experiencing, there are going to be some crazy numbers for January sales. Yep, there will. We were hoping it was going to be out today, those numbers, but uh, unfortunately not. Um, Sorry, a little background construction noise. (laughs) Not much we can do about that, people. Um, But uh, yeah, it's interesting though. I I think my clients have developed, a couple of my different clients have developed a strategy which I think is working. And And what's that? that? And that is uh, you see a bunch that you like. And most of them are different offer days. And you just offer, 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 offer. Monday offer, Tuesday offer, Wednesday offer, success, and until you get one. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I think, how it's going. And it's kind of funny. I I just realized that's really kind of what we've been naturally doing. But now that's sort of become my strategy with clients. Okay, let's line up, you know, three or four that you like. Mm-hmm. Just go after one after another. Mm-hmm. Until you get until you get the one you want, and yeah. it seems to be working. Yeah, or you could go after ones that don't have offer dates, but the, there's the few and far between. Yeah. I haven't seen one without yeah. an offer date, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I mean, and the the whole preemptive offer thing is a is a n- disaster. But no, I think that seems to work. You don't want to be offering on more than one on one offer night. Well, we had that last week. This is kind of a funny story. We digress for a minute, but I had uh, clients that like one that was offers at six and like one that was offers at seven. So what do you do? So we offered at six, and I told the six o'clock person, "Listen, we need to know. By I got to know what's going on because we've got you know places to go. We got another one at seven, so uh, we got the one at six. So luckily, no. we didn't have to go to seven. But right. um, but it was it was kind of funny. The listing agent from six o'clock was like, "I totally understand. Yeah, you know, we're going to do our best to speed this up." And then it was funny. The one that we weren't that we would have offered on at seven, I noticed that once we got that one. At, at, the six o'clock one, all of a sudden there were like all kinds of new offers right. registered on the seven o'clock. So everybody was doing the same thing. Everyone was doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So um, it's just a bit of a different strategy and mindset now, guys. Like yeah. if you like one or two places. And if you're, on, if you're on the listing side in that situation, I wonder if you do anything differently taking that into account. So would you want to be one of the later offered dates and times in a week? I don't know. I think you just have to have your strategy and just yeah so there's been several instances this week for me where offers were moved up two days to try to get ahead of other similar right. properties that's what i'm wondering yeah yeah so that's happened mm-hmm. i've got an offer going on another a condo tomorrow which will be very busy and there was another one that was supposed to be taking offers very similar property on wednesday and they moved up and wednesday again. moved up to tonight yeah, yeah. so um mm-hmm. which is monday so i think i can see how that mm-hmm. i can see how that works mm-hmm. um but you know having said that for all of you out there who are thinking about getting into this 
in total insanity, and you should be. <laughs> it's not insanity. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well, it's insanity as it is. <laughs> okay. Um, we thought we might talk a little bit about different ways that you can save for a down payment because as part of this process, you definitely want to make sure that you have your down payment in place and your mortgage pre-approval set and that you are ready to go. Right. Yeah. So um, maybe to start off with, um, what are all the kind of financial components of buying a property? So the first step is a deposit with your offer yep. and then a down payment yep. and then all money changes hands on closing day. Exactly. Right. That's right. So generally in the city, we're seeing deposits. So that, that's money that goes with your offer or within 24 hours of acceptance of your offer. Right. And they're generally, don't you think, between 5 and 10% of the purchase price? Yeah. And so right now we're because we're going to talk today about down payments yeah. only. Right. As part of your down payment, you need that deposit. Right. So you have to have ready access. Ready access. To 5 to 10% yeah. of your budget, of yeah. your purchase price. Yeah. So if you're thinking about make I mean really what I want to talk about today yeah. is how to Sorry, save for a down payment it. yeah mm-hmm. um, how to save for down payment but that is something that um, let's talk about that first and yeah. then we can kind okay. of go back um, okay because I know how hard it is especially if you're living in the city and you want to save for a down payment and it's you know very expensive to live here you know there's different things that I think you can do to put yourself in a better position to be able to save that kind of money mm-hmm. that um, you know, that it's going to take, right? And for a lot of us, that could be a year or two years or three years, and that's okay. But you want to start the process. Yeah. Have to start sometime. Yeah, you have to start sometime. Yeah. So the first thing I'm going to recommend that people do is prioritize the fact that they are trying to save. You have to really look at your budget and start to prioritize what's important and what isn't, right? Yeah, you have to have a saving mindset yeah if you're trying to save yeah right you've got to maybe you know cut that if you're me online shopping habit something like that where you know you're you're spending money on stuff you don't need yeah it's a time of sacrifice so if buying is important to you and it should be then you're going to have to set aside some things that you might ordinarily be spending your money on and you have to wrap your head around the fact that that's what it's going to take exactly and you know there's a lot of people out there that are really good about budgeting but i would say a lot of people are not Mm -hmm. now i online uh, everyone if you are interested in and you should be in keeping track of your budget there are lots of online budgeting tools. And I think that for most people, you'd be pretty surprised at what you spend on a weekly or monthly basis. And so having a budget tool or app or something that you can record your spending is really going to help you prioritize where that money goes. When you see that you're spending, you know, $10 a day on lattes, and you know, that's equivalent to maybe $300, you know, a month before you know it, um, this could be quite dramatic for people. So you need to really take a hard look at at what you're spending money on and where you can cut back. And I think the best way for you to do that is to have some sort of budgeting tool. Yeah, I really like that you mentioned that because I think that, I mean, people can imagine, can't you, that that applies in in every facet of your life. Mm -hmm. If you want to, um, for example, lose weight, 
how can you really understand what you're eating unless, like, you write it down and see yeah, it on paper? That's right. Track um, and measure. Track, track and, and measure. measure. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great starting point. And I'm glad you mentioned that at the beginning. Yeah. Because I think it's sure. critical. Yeah. So yeah. I would recommend, you know, just, just going to the app store, going yeah. to uh, Google to find some online free budgeting software that can help you with that process. Take a good look, a really hard look, a really honest look at where your money's going and start to think about where you can cut back and make it a priority. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because you don't realize I'm uh, married to someone who is addicted to uh, the process of going out to get coffee. Right. And as someone who isn't, I don't understand that because it so quickly adds up. And we ju- we have an amazing coffee maker and grounds at home. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, so uh, clearly... Uh, our priorities in that regard aren't aligned. And right. that's, that's a side issue related to that is if, if you're with somebody else, make sure you're on the same page yeah. or it's going to be a challenge for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so number two uh, is where we're going to go with this is pay off your credit cards. Get those credit card payments gone or down. You have to remember for a lot of you, interest on your credit card could be 18, 20%, right? So for all of those people that have fantastic credit cards that give you a lot of rewards and offers, you're probably paying an unbelievable amount of interest. And as part of your budgeting, when you look at what that interest is costing you on a regular basis, you don't want to be spending that. So keep, you know, keep your credit card payments at nothing. I mean, your uh, balance at nothing or at the very least, um, you know, try to get them down as much as you can in this process. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a it's it, it's a process, right? right. You're not just going to be able to go, you know, you may owe twelve thousand dollars on your visa. It, you know, most people don't have that kind of cash kicking around. Pay it off. But it's part of the process. Dedicate yourself to the effort and ma- baby steps. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because start with this one. That's right. And when you're looking, um, you know, to be able to get your affordability um, analyzed for what you can afford in a home, as part of you, that down payment, you know, the bank is going to be looking at, okay, well, I see that, you know, you've got this much down payment, but you also owe this much. So we want to eliminate that as much as possible. Right. Right. Um, here's another one for people. And this is something I did when I bought my first homes. We eliminated one of our cars. We did too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, having a car is very expensive. And especially if you live in the city and you pay for parking and insurance. And again, this may not seem like a lot of money, but it all adds up. Mm-hmm. Right. If we start to eliminate one coffee a day and those credit card interest payments and car payments and interest rate, all of a sudden you've probably saved $10,000 in a year mm-hmm. just by doing nothing that you can now, you know, dedicate toward, um, you know, a down payment. Yeah. Again, so it's sacrificed. If you've become accustomed to having more than one car, it's a bit of a hard lump to swallow. But truthfully, when we did it, yeah, um, it requires a bit of juggling, especially because we had kids to chauffeur around at the same time and I used it for work. But Really, if we really analyze the burden, it was not significant. It's all priorities, right? Yeah. I had this conversation with um, one of my sons yesterday, and we were talking about debt and budgeting, and uh, his answer was to uh, not to eliminate a car, but to eliminate a kid. (laughs) He did some research and found it cost uh, $18,000 a kid Mm. a month, a year. Yeah. So his solution to me was to eliminate one of ours. And yeah. Pick which a, one you... He had a suggestion of which one it would be. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> so I'm not actually encouraging anybody to eliminate a kid, but... Um, well, but it would maybe, save you some money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe there are considerations there. Look at your big ticket items, be they yeah. a car or be they, 
you know, going to Raptors games. Yeah, that's once right. A year. I that's mean, right. In good times. Yeah. Um, look at whatever your big ticket items are and see if there's anything you can do to scale back a bit. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, the next one I wanted to talk about is something I think is really important. This is something that's helped me a little bit over the years is that save more from your paycheck. So uh, you've probably all heard that principle over the years that you should be paying yourself first. And I think that's a really great option here. So your paycheck comes in, you need to be allocating a certain percentage of that paycheck into whatever, right? right. Maybe it's an RESP, um, or no, sorry, an, yeah, an RSP. Maybe okay. it's, uh, it could be something like uh, just a savings account, maybe yeah. tax-free savings account. Yeah. But you won't necessarily notice it. If it's coming directly off your paycheck, either from your employer or from you yourself. And this was a hard one because um, I don't know if you've had this experience as well, but um, it's um, remarkable to me that um, despite fluctuations in your income, you spend what you have. Yeah. Like, how, how did I ever survive on less income? Then I might have had other years because it just it just goes. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. if you do what Janelle is suggesting, is take those incremental you know spikes um, as you go up the uh, income ladder and set them aside. Yeah. Then uh, you know continue to live as you were. Try. And yeah. Do that. You don't notice it so yeah. much, right? No. Yeah. And even if you and I and I, you know, you'd have to look at the numbers. But even if you took an extra let's say $200 off of pay of your paycheck, which really is not that much, mm-hmm. you know, that can add up over mm-hmm. time to, to be a lot of money, right? It can mm-hmm. really help toward your savings goal. Yeah, we're talking any idea we have that can help you amass that down payment yeah. faster. Yeah, because so. we know you all need yeah. as much help so as you can get. So there's two sides to the coin, bringing in more and uh, spending less. That's right, so yeah. Something's got to happen. That's right. And in terms of spending less, another uh, thing that we've thought about is um, how wisely to spend that money. Are there cheaper options than what you're currently doing? Exactly. Yeah. I have this conversation with my husband because I get our, um, I get a lot of our uh, purchases come through my email. Mm-hmm. And so there I will see, you know, the books he's bought or the movies right. he's rented. Like right. we have Netflix. So why did you need to go out and do that? Right. Like think At about eight, what you're seven, doing. At $8 yeah, each, yeah. right? And it adds up. That's right. Do we really need to separate, separately stream every single sport going on on the planet? Right. Really? Right. Like right. Things like that. And you don't, and you don't notice it. I'm but, venting but it, here and I get a whole back. That's okay. I, I, we all have our day so for that. Sports, <laughs> coffee. But you really you look at it if that's seven or eight dollars a movie, mm-hmm. right? And you're doing that mm-hmm. every few days, mm-hmm. which which right now, let's face it, we're spending. Yeah. You know, and on that note, like I pay for, for example, Netflix. You know, Amazon Prime. I think I pay for that. I don't yeah. even know. Well, you would if you get yeah. Yeah. Sure, I just pay right because I don't even know what I'm paying yeah, for. Really? I pay for HBO. I pay for this I, service. We pay for that things service. I don't even know we have. Same. Who knew we had Crave? Right. We have a little, what's it called? A little free library on our front lawn. But we're paying for online books. Right. Go get a book on the right. front yard, for goodness sake. Right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So the, these are. I mean, seriously. Again, back to the priorities. If they're if you're really looking at where the spending is, there's mm-hmm. absolutely places you can you can cut, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, does anyone spend money? Oh, okay, let's talk about even how many online gym memberships people might be paying for right, right. now. Right. 
you know, right. I do a yeah. whole bunch, not to mention the, my real gym membership, which I pay yeah. for and can't use. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we were uh, talking about this at the dinner table last night. And the, o- I think the only thing we could come up with, with that COVID has actually provided a cost savings is haircuts. Yeah. I don't think any of us are going to go back. Oh, no. interesting. I, James is the one. My husband is the one who admitted this yesterday because he now, with Samantha's help sometimes, cuts his own hair. Oh. It's far better than oh my God. what he would have done going out. He will never go back. Oh, that won't be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's me right now, and I'm not down. happy about it. It may not also be me, but it's definitely my – I take great pleasure in cutting my kid's hair now. Wow. I, I've watched videos about it. I right. think I'm pretty good. I could not. You've seen my child's hair. That could not be. Um, Okay. So, uh, again, just cut back on all that kind of extra stuff. Really analyze what you need, what you don't need. Um, You know, lifestyle, especially right now, like here's an opportunity really to cut back on some of those expenses. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is important, and I think most of you probably know this, but every once in a while I do get a question about it, is that you can borrow from your RRSP if you want to use that money as a uh, down payment for your first home. Mm-hmm. I did that. Did you do yeah. that? Yeah. So right now you can withdraw up to $25,000 from your RRSP, and it is tax-free for a certain period of time. And you don't have to start paying that back until, is it 10 years or something like that? I can't can't remember. remember, But it's a long time. Mm -hmm. So this is so smart. If you are a young person and you're starting to think that you're going to want to buy in maybe five years from now and you want to start saving for a down payment, I would suggest even putting that savings money into your RRSP so that, so that you can access, you can at, access at least up to, t- to yeah. 25000 But, yeah. you know, then it offsets your taxes and does everything else. Yeah. So there's lots of benefit to that. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree. Um, next one, I am also important. I think, I, I hope, I would assume everybody uses their tax-free savings account. This is also a great place to put your money, right? So that money can grow tax-free in there. And uh, that's very important. That's something that's been, um, I think, very helpful to a lot of Canadians since we've implemented the tax-free savings account. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, Now, the other thing is uh, some provinces um, have different incentives for first-time homebuyers. So, you know, in the city of Toronto, as well as the province of Ontario, we have a very hefty land transfer tax. We have two of them. We two have of them a in Toronto, provincial yeah. one for everybody in the province, and then we have also our city municipal land transfer tax. So the two of them together add up to be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so there are incentives, though, that a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, if you're a first-time homebuyer, you know, much of it is rebated to you. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to investigate what's happening in your city or your province or state, you know, what What are the incentives that are offered to you for buying your first home? Mm. You know, does it make it worth it for you to See invest? See what your po- possibilities are. Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, those are really some, yeah. you know, some ways to consider it. And, you know, I think that um, for everybody out there who's thinking about buying their first home, like you've got to start this process a lot earlier now. I mean, we were laughing about that article mm-hmm. uh, we both read this weekend that said it was going to take the average person, what was it, 24 years? In Toronto. In I Toronto. Read 24 years. 24 years to uh, 
build a down payment. So what that people might be wondering that, Janelle, is uh, what are we talking about in terms of down payment? Yeah, so that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Down payment really is going to depend on your financial situation. Everyone's a little bit different. I would say for the most part, in um, for you know in this province for most people you have to anticipate at least 10% right now the odd person can get uh, a down payment of maybe can get away with a down payment of maybe 5% some are maybe even with a private lender 0% but yeah. for most people i think you want to be at least 10% of the purchase price for a down payment right that's going to depend on a whole bunch of your financial circumstances your credit um, your, you know, debts, your employment income, but all of those the target. things. That's the goal. So know your real estate market. So see what, you know, on average, uh, freehold homes or condos are going for where you live and, and figure out what that 10% is what you need to save. That's right. And by the way, just, just as clarification, you are not allowed here in Canada to borrow your down payment. So some people are confused by that. They think they can borrow the money, but you cannot. Mm-hmm. You need to have the down payment free and clear. You need to come with it. And you need to come with it. Now, and you know, just another word about that in uh, how it works here in Canada is that if you have less than 20% of a down payment of the purchase property, you need to pay insurance fees on the mortgage. Right. So that adds extra costs. So, you know, CMHC fees, uh, mortgage fees would be, I don't even know what they would equate to, but it's it's not insignificant. Right. So, you know, that is why when you hear people talking about, well, I need 20%, it's because they want to avoid right. those fees. Right. Um, but for a lot of you, it's worth paying those fees right. because... If holding out for the extra 10% is... Yeah, it could take a couple more years, that's right? That additional 12 years, then yeah. That's right. Go for it and uh, accommodate those fees. Yeah, and trust so. me when I say if you if you only put down 10% now and you have to pay those fees, by the next time you sell and buy, you're right. going to have your 20%. Right. It has been... It's smarter and continues to be smarter to make to take that step and invest in the property than to wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we would be the first ones to tell you, having both of us having been in the real estate market for many, many years here. There's only one way to ride this wave, and that's to get on, get in, to get yeah. in, to get in it, yeah. to get on the train yeah. and ride along with it. And so, um, you know, trying to get this one important piece together start thinking about it as early as possible so that you can also join in join in the fray and the craziness. Yeah. Another time we should talk about maybe some creative ways to come together maybe with other people to mm-hmm. come together with that deposit that uh, down payment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we want to do is eliminate that 24 year wait for people. Give them yes. tools so that they can jump in as fast as they can. Yeah, that's because, right. Because you know, Janelle and I believe so firmly in the wisdom because of the value of doing that. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I digress for one moment while I pull up a chart that I looked at. Just think about this. In 2011, the average price of a home in Toronto was, uh, in the GTA, sorry, was Mm 450,000. In 2021, now you can't, okay, 1.24 million, right? So, Again, that may seem ridiculous and, oh, my God, it's too late. I'm never going to be able to afford it. It's not because if it's $1.2 million now, 10 years from now, it's going to be $2.2 million. You can talk yourself out of anything. You can talk yourself out of Just get in just and, and, you know, just think about that. Mm-hmm. 
You know, there's no other there's no other way to make that kind of money. Right? Yeah, it's unfortunate that we're not ten years ago, but we aren't. We're here, and in ten years from now, we're going to say it's yeah. unfortunate yeah. it's not ten years right. ago, right? Exactly. Like you just can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just one more point before we wrap up about down payment and worried about the money. And so, yeah, maybe you can afford your your one hundred and twenty thousand dollar down payment on the one point two million dollar home here in Toronto. I absolutely recommend that if you can't afford to buy in the city, don't buy in the city. Right. Just buy, right? right. And Just if you get- don't want to live in the only home that you can buy, that you can afford to buy, which is in Welland, don't live there, but buy. <laughs> yeah, right? I agree. I agree. Buy yeah. and then live where you want to live, but at least you are in the market. Right. And then you can sell that property in a couple of years make that money and use it to a down payment on the home you want here. Right. Right. There's lots of options. Um, you know, we're always here, by the way, to answer any questions that you have about that. Um, and please, guys, let me just before we wrap up here, uh, take a moment to say we really appreciate your support so far. It's been amazing. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we would really appreciate it if you'd subscribe. And, uh, you know, that way you can um, get every weekly episode downloaded to you directly. Yep. And um, follow us on all our social media channels as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, and reach out with any questions. Yeah, we love doing it. And uh, I love the feedback we're getting and uh, would like more people to enjoy what we're doing. Yeah, it's been <laughs> awesome. All right, that's about it for today. So uh, we'll see you or talk to you again next week and hope you all have a fantastic week and happy real estate. Happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com. Or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.